Welcome to High ISO, the photography and business podcast. Where we talk about life as a professional photographer. I'm Robert Hall, an editorial photographer from Michigan. And I'm Justin Haugen, a wedding and portrait photographer from Arizona. Hey Rob, what's going on? Hey Justin, not too much. Uh, how about you? What are you up to lately? Not a whole lot. I just did a photo shoot yesterday with a really nice lady. She is a historical fiction author and she wanted some headshots done for her book tour and for social media. So we had her in the studio yesterday and I did some nice headshots for her, tethered, tethered it to my laptop and we went through and did image review right there on the spot and I sent her off on her way. What's going on with you? What have you been up to? You know, we just uh, set up Capture One in our studio, too, so that we can do tethering. But I haven't quite got it to the point where I'm ready to air it in front of a client yet. But I just had a studio session and a little bit different of a session, actually. We're doing more of a composite work, which I'm I'm used to doing composite work in terms of like lighting composites for wedding parties. I've done tutorials on that for my YouTube channel before. I know you've gone over it well. It's really popular with MagMod users. But in this instance, I'm going for like a far more creative and replaced background, you know, and it's going to be very, very somewhat fantasy elements in it. So been working on that. It went really well. Shoot was pretty, pretty simple, but it's kind of an interesting process to be doing all that pre-visualization. So yeah, kind of set up my studio a little bit differently than, than I'm used to shooting, but I'm, I'm really curious to see how it's all going to turn out. Now, when you do a composite like that, are you talking about um, compositing different elements together, like like in that scene, or are you doing like a green screen separate green screen operation? Like, what's that look like when you do a composite piece? So for this one, I uh, didn't do any green screening. Um, basically, just to give a little idea of what type of shit we're doing, it's uh, for a hair and nail salon, but we're kind of taking this uh, really edgy, almost comic book like approach to it where we're going to have her sitting on a throne. Obviously, the hair and the nails are are the show here, so we're going to put some background elements that like really highlight that. Um, she was inspired by what looked like some concept art for Storm from, from the X-Men Marvel series. And so that was kind of the inspiration of the shoot, but we're, we're changing a lot of things to make it a little bit more realistic. And for, the, for this shoot, I did do a green screen, but what I did make sure to do was... Uh, get a lot of background separation between the subject and the background that we were using and then um, edge lighting just to make sure that it was going to be a really simple process for pulling the subject out of the image. And because she's going to be sitting on a throne, the one thing that I made sure to do was uh, put her on. I, I used a computer chair in her office. That way I had the same body structure of somebody seated with, you know, significant armrests. Um, yeah, just to make sure that all the body posturing was going to be similar to the final product because it could get really weird and look really funky if you don't get that to match up. But yeah, yeah I'm really I'm really curious to see how it turns out. I'm actually working with a digital artist on this one because in terms of background replacement and high-end compositing, it's just not what I typically do. So collaborating with another artist on this and is a lot easier than me trying to learn or fake my way to getting it done. So from the beginning, I've been transparent with the client about, you know, who's who's going to be working on this project and and what that entails. 
And so when you're taking pictures of something like that and you're setting it up for a background plate, are you imagine you got to shoot at a narrower aperture and, and get more of the scene and fo- more of the subject in focus to separate them easier, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking for something like that because I'm using, I believe I used a 50 millimeter lens because it was a full body. I'm looking for around f5.6. And I could go higher to just make sure that the full subject is in focus because we, in a seated position, obviously you've got the legs out in front of the face and then you want that full depth all the way to the hair. Could go deeper, but I also wanted to make sure that the background was a little bit out of focus. That way it allows for an easy, easy to pull the subject out of the image because if everything's sharp, like super detailed, including the background, then when the person is clipping them out, you're going to get stuck on a lot more of those background edges. But because we have that depth difference as well, you know, you've got full sharpness on the subject, but a little bit of blur on the background, it's pretty easy to pull them out. Sure. And this is a terrible non sequitur setup for our show topic today, but I want to talk about customer relationship management, CRMs, client management and workflow. Uh, how does something look like that look like in your process when you uh, work with a client like this? How did they come into your workflow? What's your process like right now to get those people uh, into your system of tracking their lead, the initial contact, and then making them, um, and then your and then your follow ups, your emails? Like, what's that system look like for you? Well, I'd say for this co- client in particular, it was a little bit different because this stemmed from a referral in an online group from another photographer. It wasn't something that they do, so they referred it out. I threw my name in the ring, or I'm sorry, I threw my hat in the ring and basically got the call pretty quickly and she was ready to go. Like she wanted to schedule immediately and everything. So for that type of circumstance, um, I'm doing a lot of things manually. Um, I'm still putting that person in as a lead and then immediately switching them to a client and doing all the scheduling, the contracts. I'm doing that all digitally. Right now, I'm using 17 hats, and I've got workflow set up for every type of work that I do. And that allows for really easy tracking of everything. And I'm also putting in notes where the lead generated from. That way, I know what type of marketing that I'm doing works best. But what is more typical is that someone is contacting me through email from one of my websites or social media or an existing advertisement. And for that, someone gets put into the lead workflow and then from there generate additional contact and either, you know, the lead goes cold and we don't end up working or they get put into my additional systems where we get into booking them, scheduling them, setting up their contracts and going through all of that, which is much more common than what happened with this client. Gotcha. So I'm going to backpedal a little bit and let's let's talk like early Justin Haugen photography, Rob Hall photography, CRM systems, like what were we doing to onboard our clients into our workflow? And uh, what were you doing initially? Uh, like, let's say you would do this for a number of years. So let's go back like seven years ago. How were you handling this? life before 17 hats? What did that look like when somebody emailed you to work with you? What was your process? I guess I'd call seven years ago the, the dark ages when I was just doing <laughs> I all of my, you know, I was new to the business, running the business, but I still had business sense. So I I had a good idea of what I needed to keep tracking, but I didn't have a system in place. So a lot of it was done pen, paper, printed papers, you know, my contracts were all printed and signed and and stowed away to keep track of things. Uh, details with the client, client notes, all of those things were in a notebook. And I, thankfully, I did keep good track of things. I would 
in the opening pages of my notebook would be wherever a new lead came in with their contact information just so I could easily contact them. And then as I progressed with the client and we got to scheduling and everything, I would make their own page in the notebook where I would write down you know, what we talked about, all the notes that we'd gone over, their schedule, their date, all of that would go. And you know, some of those notes, if it was for a wedding, then that would get transferred into uh, a digital document, you know, a Google Docs file, something like that eventually. But for the most part, everything started out on pens and papers. Even when it came to scheduling, I not only had a digital calendar, Google Calendar, but I would also have a hard calendar in front of me. And all of my bookkeeping, everything, it was all on pen and paper, which for seven years ago was really silly. But I didn't really know about any CRM systems that were available to me at the time, even though I knew that they existed from working with other comp- companies who implemented them. So what was your system like? My process was a bit of a mess. It was definitely the dark ages for me. I was doing everything on paper contracts, basically, for all of my brides and grooms that I was bringing into my to my workflow. So basically, if it started with an email or a phone call inquiry, I wasn't tracking my leads. So I had no idea usually where those leads were coming from. And then I would meet with clients and we would sign a paper contract in person. So we had to be there every time these things happened. Exchange of money and uh, contracts had to happen in person. And everything on my contract detailed out the timing of events, uh, the all the critical information that I needed. And so I just kept a file cabinet going with all of my paper contracts. And then I would refer back to them to check that information. Later on, I wised up and I started scanning those documents into a Dropbox folder. So at least I had a Dropbox repository where I could go online and quickly see uh, information for my for my couples that I was working with. And then I'm not a, I'm not too ashamed to admit now that the rest of my workflow was pretty terrible as far as like I had no there wasn't even this system in place for most of my other clients. I was taking phone calls and taking emails and then all of that was just kind of this frag- fragmented instance, instances of client contact and I didn't really have a good workflow going on there. So if somebody booked a session with me, uh, the only really really critical thing that was happening was that I was booking it into my Google Calendar at the very least and and I wasn't even using any kind of digital calendar until the days of Blackberries. So uh, up until then, it was paper calendar uh, note taking, and then eventually it got into the digital calendar age where I started using a calendar that had reminders set in my phone to let me know when these things were happening. So there was no real process of like at what phase, what what phase of communication I was with the client, what we were planning. No reminders set for. Um, what was coming up as far as like maybe we needed to have a conversation about phone about a time like the wedding schedule. So there was none of that going on in those days. It was pretty helter skelter, and and I definitely had problems with with booking. Like I had been late to meetings. I had missed photo shoots on a couple of occasions. So those things happened in my workflow initially. And you definitely, I think, you got to have those kind of hiccups and those bumps because. That stuff doesn't happen in my life now because I'm much more on top of it with my client management, my scheduling. So So I think it's safe to say that we're both happy to be out of the dark ages and we're both using similar services now, similar CRM services to manage our client ingestion and all the way through our processes. I personally, I'm using 17 hats and I know you're using HoneyBook. So Let's talk a little bit about what we like about those platforms. And we really haven't gone over, you know, what we like the most. So this will actually be really interesting to see 
if there's any features that you have within HoneyBook that you love that I don't have and vice versa. Yeah, it's why I really like this format, because I feel like I, through some of the episodes we've been recording, I'm learning about some new processes, new techniques and things that are adding value to my own workflow. So I hope by proxy of that experience of us both sharing with each other that our listeners are going to have the same experience, too, and that hopefully they're going to pick up some new tips and tools. They're going to make their work life and home life and photography life better. So uh, with HoneyBook, I guess we should talk a little bit about where we're going to what road we're going to go down here. Uh, topic wise for each of these um, each of these processes. So uh, we've kind of broken this down into initial contact with your new leads and clients, uh, contracts and your communication. Uh, some of the things, other features we enjoy are templates, brochures, and then talking about the workflow calendar, bookkeeping and task. And so what HoneyBook brings to the table for me, and and I, I'll start with lead generation and how I'm onboarding with a new client. And, and this actually happened with the photo shoot I did with the author yesterday. What I haven't been taking, hadn't been taking advantage of till recently, because I just had a problem, had some problems implementing it, and I, and I didn't follow through on it. But I can have people go onto my website through a contact form that I generated in HoneyBook, which then plugs into my WordPress page for my contact form. And whenever anybody fills in their information for that website uh, on the website to contact me, they're putting in their event date, they're putting in their name. Uh, how they found me. It's a force. It's it's a required uh, form, part of the form where they have to put in Google, Instagram, you know, uh, Facebook. They have to put that in there. So I'm finding out where the lead generation is coming from, which comes into play later because HoneyBook tracks everything with all these projects. So I can actually go back and see a pie chart later of where my lead generation is coming from the most and see where where my efforts are best uh, being made in in client generation. So that's been very helpful because the contact form is now funneling into a brand new project on my HoneyBook side. And HoneyBook is now becoming something where I'm keeping the the browser tab open pretty much 24 seven because it's my project management workflow. I can go in and see what gigs I have coming up, my calendar, my calendar also ties back into my Google calendar. So that's all synced up, but the big part that I really love is this new lead generation into a new project. So I'm getting the benefits of managing all of my lead leads like immediately. And then should I convert those leads into paying clients, we now have a history of communication and documents that we're running back and forth with each other. And, you know, all this communication is now charted in one place and it's, it's easy for me to refer back to it. And it's the funny, uh, the funny side effect of all this is that now I am turning my uh, spam email into really hilarious lead generation. Like I got a <laughs> SEO, SEO, uh, SEO uh, junk mail the other day and it had an event date and how they heard about me, like all the fields were filled in. So this person had to go like the extra mile to get in contact with me just for me to delete their email and their project altogether. So, Well, at least you're taking time away from them emailing other freelancers about their SEO needs. Yeah. And then on the, uh, how the contact form used to work was it, it was, um, just a basic contact form that sent me an email. And I, and in order to keep out some of that spam stuff, I had a capture code going on. And so people couldn't, people had to do like simple mathematics just to get their emails out to me. And that would prevent like spam bots from, from spamming my inbox. 
But what it also did was it had an unintended consequence of probably helping me lose some of my leads because I had people who would email me direct later and be like, hey, I couldn't send an email out to you. And I would reply back, oh, I, I actually I realized that uh, they couldn't do simple mathematics like, you know, five times four equals. Oh, boy. Well, maybe maybe you don't want those clients anyways. <laughs> yeah, it probably weeded out some bad clients in the long long term. So maybe it wasn't a bad thing after all. But uh, what the look what's what does that look like on the on the 17 hats part of things? Are you are, do you have like a lead generation input kind of thing going on or are you like manually adding them into your project workflow once you get a new lead generated? Well, currently it looks like envy because my system is apparently a little bit more complex than yours. Uh, for <laughs> right now, I'm I'm manually inputting a client uh, anytime they call me as a lead or a client. Um, I'm manually inserting and starting that project, so I have no initial thing that is switching from you know the initial contact form and automatically developing a project, which I actually have a question on. So if somebody is emailing you as as a lead and you know they inquire about the date, that's automatically going into your calendar. So so you have something in your calendar temporarily when they're still in the lead stage. So what happens is is HoneyBook and because because my calendar is all synced up, even uh my like my Google calendar is synced up to my HoneyBook calendar now. So I'm I'm not double booking people because all my calendar management and lead generation is all tied into HoneyBook now. Uh what's happening is is when they when they inquire their event date pops up in their project. And then in my initial inquiry, like on the email, like on my phone, this is all tied into uh, it's multi-platform. So I have an app now for Android and there's one for iOS. I see uh, their event detail and summary in the HoneyBook app. I get a, I get a uh, push notification for it and I open it up and then it tells me if I'm available or not. And if I'm available, I can say I'm interested in the booking and then I can then move on to the next phase of communication where I will uh, send them a brochure, either a template I have with all of my information for my packages, or we just start the next line of communication, whether it's like, you know, if I'm bidding on a job or for a commercial gig or talking about trying to get them in for a consultation. So now now all of that's streamlined and I can actually build templated responses. So that way, depending on what they're saying to me, I can respond with the appropriate template and reduce some of the time that I'm spending uh, typing out responses to people that I do one by one. Okay, so all right, I was just curious about that. I want to make sure that that part was clear because I was like thinking, oh, that could be kind of dangerous if I, if if you had some type of conflict. But because you have that stop in there, it's uh, pretty efficient. But it does look like Seventeen Hats has some form of lead capture form because I, I found it in the settings. I'm not sure how I can like export this code and get it onto my website, which is powered by Squarespace, not through uh, WordPress. But it does look like there's some functionality with that, so I just have to uh, I have to dig a little deeper to see if I can get that all automated and then bring it into a workflow. Which I'm already using workflows, so I like the idea of that. But does HoneyBook have that as well? Where they're are they called workflows, or what's the system called when you're actually building a system for a client or lead? Yeah, it's called a workflow on our end too. And I get, and I wanted to bring up a point like you and I are we're pretty savvy computer users and. The, a lot of these features are things that we have to spend time with to get an understanding of. So I imagine there's a lot of like, it's like a daunting experience for people to onboard with these kind of services because there is some learning curve, a learning curve involved. And I don't know how that resonates with you for 17 hats as far as getting the help you need. But I have personally experienced the 
the support system with HoneyBook, and they're based in in San Francisco. So I deal with people who work at the company, and I've seen them at trade shows, and I've I've talked with them. So I've gotten really great support from the company. And I should also mention that I'm a I'm a technically a HoneyBook educator. Um, I'm an affiliate, so I I have referral codes to get discounted first years with with HoneyBook. And I'm trying to spread the good word because I've been such a I've benefited so much from the system that I enjoy telling people about the things that it does to make my workflow better. So I've gotten a lot of good help out of HoneyBook. Does 17 Hats have a similar system of support? If you're some if like they have a concierge service on HoneyBook where they help you onboard your paper contracts into their system. Is there any kind of concierge in 17 Hats and support like that? Uh, if there is, I didn't use it, but they've got a very diverse set of articles and content online that show you how to do everything. They have, uh, what you call them, like like live streams, sort mm-hmm. of, or or you know, like videos that you can like follow for your initial things. Uh, they do have a lot of support because, for the same reason, you know, it, it's a lot when you first start on, and really to take advantage of these systems, you have to spend a lot of time up front just to make your life easier down the road. And then they also have a, a live chat weekdays, seven or 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time zone. So I'm assuming that's uh, the location that they're working in. So yeah, it works really well for me. Um, and I've had no problem getting all of my questions answered. And probably the next thing that I'm going to contact them about is how to implement this lead capture form. Or I'm first going to set up and see if I can find any articles on it from their website. And if not, I'll just go for the live chat, which they've always been really responsive and helping me out with. They've also added a lot of functionality since it first launched. So that's been, it's been really nice to kind of see it grow. And most of it stems from user feedback. So it's, it's good to see that they're actually implementing those features as quickly as possible. Gotcha. And so when you first started working with 17 hats, I imagine you had a number of contracts that you work with, with you had everything from release forms for, uh, for photography to, um, client contracts for actual work. Like what did it look like when you, what does that look like now with 17 hats and how did you get those contracts into 17 hats? Oh, well, I did have all digital forms. They were all put in Google Docs, you know, before I started in 17 hats. So ingesting them was was very simple copy paste with the only adjustment that I'm making is whenever you have an actionable link such as uh, a client's date, right? You can put in where they're typing in another form, the project date or anything like that. You can implement that into your contract so that a majority of it's filled out in advance. And then combining that with the use of templates, you can have a contract that is built for one package of pricing and then, you know, have another template for a different package that you offer. So there there was a little bit of work in terms of copying it and duplicating the proper templates and, and making sure that everything set everything properly and you were taking advantage of all of those hot links where it's drawing information from another form. But for the most part, it's, it's all really like drag and drop and, and extremely easy to set up. It's just a little time consuming to take a step back and look at all of your processes to make sure that you're being as fit, as efficient as possible with them. Gotcha. And, and on my end with HoneyBook, when I when I work through these uh, communicate the communication with my clients and they want to book, what I do is I send over what's called a proposal. And it, it's basically my contract uh, with all of the 
the clause is built in and we have a template for whatever package of service they want to do. So if they want to be, uh, if they want to book my low, medium or high package, whatever I click on in the template will auto populate the contract with those terms for the deliverables and all the expectations, everything's in there. So basically my clients are getting a look at the entire contract as their proposal. So they're being proposed this level of service and the terms that it, it entails. And then they can then go in and sign the sign the document and make their deposit. So also within this, I can then control the payment terms for uh, for the contract. So I can set up the initial deposit, second, third, fourth. I can set as many payments up as I want to. And I've had a lot of clients if they if they want to do some form of like a payment plan, I can we can set up an auto payment to uh, for their for their contract, and I can set the payment terms up over a certain amount of time. So it's become a form of financing for people who are having a trouble with the initial like 50% deposit or the second, you know, 50% payment to be paid in full. So once they sign off and do their initial deposit, I can come through and sign off and return. And this is great because after my initial consult where I meet with a couple, we don't have to meet in person just to sign some paperwork. Uh, no fumbling about trying to send over a PDF file and have them sign off on that digitally. Like everything's been done and automated through HoneyBook. So that's the one great thing about this whole system between 17 Hats and HoneyBook is being able to sign contracts with people without actually physically being in the same room. Oh, that's awesome. Is uh, is 17 Hats like a communication hub as well? Like, can you, can you like, is it court, is it connected to your email? But works as a hub for messages back and forth. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can you can directly send an email to whatever email system that you're using just to kind of confirm and track all of your all of your movements and communications. So everything outbound goes through my email so that if a client does respond directly to that, not only do I see it in 17 hats, I see it in my traditional email inbox as well. So that's really nice. Um, you can do any anything from a form that I'm sending out. I see it in the sent mail of my email. So it's really nice for kind of keeping track of that in two places um, as opposed to only working within the 17 hat system. Yeah, I find that very useful because I hate having to fish for all the uh, communication with me and a client and it having it all in one place per project really feels, makes me feel more efficient and more effective in my communication with people because now our history is so well tracked among all the threads of emails we have going on. You said briefly, you mentioned brochures. So what does that look like? Is that something that's built into your communication or is it like an attachment that you're adding into an email? So it's an attachment. Uh, and once I've confirmed, um, uh, if I've got a lead from somebody, the next step is that if they ask for pricing and, they, and they're and they not agreeing to meet with me in person, which that's my my number one thing is to get people in the studio or wherever we want to consult. And I don't want to... I don't want to, I don't like giving pricing away on the internet. I feel like it's impersonal and it doesn't communicate the best value proposition for your services. Instead, it becomes this itemization, this cost benefit analysis that they're doing without, without really getting an understanding of who you are as a professional and photographer and person. And if you even, you know, vibe well together and it's a good fit. And so I know, I know I've had people book with me, even though the value proposition of the cost was much more than they anticipated paying and what they had budgeted for. And I know that getting in front of those people is really important to my process. So the brochure part of it, reluctantly, if I have someone who I can just tell is price shopping and they want to they want to move forward and getting the information they need, I've got a brochure that I've I have spent time on detailing all the packages. And 
they get it attached in the email through HoneyBook. And if they like a service, they can click and book it. And also there is a a la carte service where they can add on things like additional like parent albums and, and engagement sessions and such. So all that can be done on there. And like and then it then funnels into the contract proposal part of it. So they can select and then move forward with the booking that way. And so that's a it's a nice way of presenting all the information to people who are just price shopping, but it's admittedly not my favorite way of getting to book people that way. Is that something that you could also set up in 17 hats? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can send any type of attachment and I, I utilize that for, for initial pricing. I utilize that for album discussion when they're when they're looking over like their cover options and things like that. I have a lot of materials that I'm using as attachments to include to those. So and then of course those are all built into templates. So I, I have a template for like every size album, every product discussion that there could be. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's really easy to just quickly send something. Now, that again, that took a lot of work up front, but I basically looked at it as every time I have the same conversation two times, I should make a template for it. Sure. And it's really cool because I can personalize uh, the the different elements of the brochure and the contracts with actual photographs and things. So if I have a product that I'm talking about, I photograph that product and put it into the brochure, like an album, an album photo or, or a campus photo. They're actual images of things that I've shot. So that way they get a real feel for what they're going to get on their end. So I, I like that customizability of is that a word customizability. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It just seems so long that it shouldn't be a word. Um, Customization. Yeah customization customizability it just seems like it has good rhythm like a funny rhythm to it anyway um i feel like uh i like the cust i like being able to customize that aspect of it and give them a personalized experience of what they can expect for product from me so that's cool that uh 17 hats has that feature as well and i I should have mentioned this earlier i think this this episode can benefit people not just who are who are photographers but creatives uh, so business owners like 17 hats is probably the one for you if you're a business owner of any kind of business. And I think HoneyBook is definitely geared more towards wedding professionals. And, and that's the mar- market that they're targeting. So not just photographers on on HoneyBook. There's also planners, florists and cake, uh, cake artists, cake bakers, baker, baker. There you go. So there's a community aspect to HoneyBook where there are professionals who are using this service all throughout the country. I can actually go online and create projects and collaborations with other creatives and other other wedding industry professionals. So if I wanted to go in and generate a styled shoot, I could collaborate with other people through HoneyBook. And it's also a referral uh, device. So if somebody books with me and they want florist recommendations or venues or what, oh, they already have a venue at that point, but like, uh, bakers or whatever i can go in and refer people in my honeybook network which admittedly i wish was bigger i wish i had more ven- uh, more vendors that i can refer through this this program but it's growing and i know a number of professionals I, that are on it even if they're not on a fully paid platform subscription i'm able to refer their business through through honeybook so is there any kind of referral service in 17 hats no, that's something that definitely shows HoneyBook's catering towards the wedding professional because uh, 17 Hats is definitely a more broad approach into who it applies for. I mean, the, the name itself is is basically geared towards anybody who's wearing multiple hats for a sole proprietorship business. So mm-hmm. no no referral network or anything like that that you can really search through. Gotcha. And I think the cool thing about HoneyBook that I've also, I, I basically have been with this 
the service from day one. I think 2014 is when I first got on. And I, I was an early adopter, a partner, they called it. So I paid I paid an initial onboarding fee, and now I'm a lifetime member. So I'm, I'm pretty bought into the service. But I, I, it's grown into something that I really enjoy. And I think a part of that is that personalized aspect of the service where I have seen these people face-to-face. I've talked to people at their concierge service. I've talked to a sales manager. Like I've had a lot of FaceTime with the people behind this project. And as it's gone along, it's continued to grow into a better and better tool. And I know some of that has to be uh, some overlap with 17 hats where feature requests came through from people who had who had used 17 hats, but liked HoneyBook. And now I think the service is going to be probably a little bit more like 17 hats uh, without without like directly taking features away, but but also catered toward wedding, wedding professionals. So I'm really enjoying the service and how it's growing. Yeah, I, I've liked all the growth that I've experienced uh, on 17 Hats as well. I've really enjoyed every change that they've made. It really seems like they're, they're listening, which you don't often get with these big, big businesses. Um, and 17 Hats definitely seems like one of the larger ones out there. Let's talk a little bit about how you're using... I think you've gone over it a lot more than I have, but about like workflows, since we're photographers, there's a lot of steps in between our process, not only from an ingestion point of view where we're onboarding a new client, but how are you using HoneyBook to track the process of where you're at with a client, say, post-wedding? So that's something that I admittedly am not really keyed into, but I'm understanding the value of it the more I hear how other people are using and implementing their systems. And HoneyBook is going to play a critical role in that for me as I uh, investigate that feature more. So I've I've done some looking around and I see that there is a lot of ways to implement. Uh, and the workflows can be for your corporate clients, your event clients, your weddings, like it can be more than it doesn't just have to be wedding clients. And uh, a cool thing that wedding that HoneyBook did recently was they removed all of their branding from our email correspondence. So previously, my clients were seeing HoneyBook branding in the email correspondence. And I, I bugged them like for a couple years, probably about a year, actually. Uh, But between WPPI events, I kept telling them like, hey, I'm not crazy about your HoneyBook branding, because it's it sounds a little weird and it's really yeah. admittedly it's not my brand like honeybook it sounds it sounded odd to me and it sounded it sounds um and not that it's a problem but it sounds very feminine so like hi i'm justin with honeybook and it, it didn't represent my brand well and especially when i was corresponding with clients it didn't i didn't feel like that matched up well but but anyways honeybook removed that aspect of the communi- of their part in the communication so this is a this is a great tool that you can use for corporate clients. I invoice corporate clients with it too, and and we have a workflow for those clients as well uh, through HoneyBook, uh, which I didn't previously have as well set up. But uh, the workflow and think of it, I'm trying to think of how, the best way to describe this. It's like a system of of reminders and processes that it automates for you. So uh, you might have a workflow for a new wedding client and a whole workflow where it sends, like you get an initial lead from that client and they don't follow up with you. And then the workflow has a templated email to send out maybe three days later. Hi, I saw you had interest in my photography services. Uh, What can we do to get you in the studio for a consultation and talk more about your big day? And then after like a few days, if there's no correspondence, you can set it up to where they it'll send out another email like, hey, uh, I just want to close this loop out with you before before um, we end this loop. You know, uh, I'd, I'd still love to get you in the studio like you can send these little reminders out so it, it it can automate 
that process for you. And maybe perhaps at the last attempt, you're you're converting somebody from a maybe to a sure, I'll meet with you in your studio. When can we meet? And after that, once they book, there could be a whole workflow that sets a reminder to email them a month out from from their uh, wedding date. Like say, hey, we need to get on a phone call to set your uh, schedule up for your wedding day photography. And then afterwards, a reminder that uh, your wedding edits are complete. How can we uh, we need to review your album like you can set this whole workflow up over the course of time for each client and for each part of the part of the process. So uh, this is something that I'm looking to implement better, especially in the, in the area, the realm of lead generation and then customer follow up later, because if you could also set up a workflow that says after a year, like, hey, congratulations, you made your one year anniversary. Would you like to book a engagement session or a, a anniversary session? Or would you like to, you know, maybe you can extend a credit for a, you know, a $50 credit towards a wedding album. Like you could, you could make these kind of systems in place and have, um, hopefully have people follow up with you. So maybe your, your revenue generation can be greater because you've implemented a great process or workflow. So I, this is conjecture for me on my part. Um, I haven't implemented yet, but I'm aware of this type of process. Do you have that kind of process in place? Cause you struck me as somebody who would already have that all done. Yeah, through the workflows, initially I used it more as a system just for keeping myself on track. And that is like a very quick way to see that I've completed every step of of the process, both from a lead perspective, all the way onto an active client that I'm working with in terms of where are their edits on track for what I commit to having the job completed by. You know, have they have they reviewed them? Have they picked the images for their album? Do I need to send out a reminder for that? Um, has their album been ordered? Has their album, you know, been approved, ordered, shipped? All those aspects um, are, are like checkboxes in my system. And so I can quickly see if I need to follow up on something or if I need to kind of jump into a process to kind of move it along a little bit. And that's been really helpful. And something that I wish I started way sooner was exactly what you talked about, which was following up post-client where you're getting a reminder of someone's upcoming uh, anniversary. And not necessarily for a follow-up service, but for some type of gift, I think is way more powerful. Um, that way you can stay fresh in their head because as a, as a wedding photographer, you tend to do two things for the client. You tend to do their engagement session and their wedding photography and then an album, if you want to call that a separate thing. But a way to stay fresh in their head as the years go by would to be to send out some type of gift or reminder or even just a congratulatory email about making these uh, anniversaries and keeping fresh in their head because that's really powerful, not only for not only for just making them feel good and, and having that good system in place where uh, you're staying in touch with previous clients, but uh, gives you some opportunities to pop in their head again. That way you can be more likely to be referred out to future clients through them. Yeah. And I'm thinking how I could maybe do a like $25 or $40 Zenfolio credit on their online gallery. And hopefully that could lead to like, I don't know if they would just use that credit or if they would, the, it would, it would grow the potential sale. But the idea is that maybe the benefit would offset the the loss. And then, and then in turn, you know, that they'll relay that personal experience with other people in their life who are getting married or need photography. So, yeah, I think I think it's important. And the more I do photography and the more I'm learning, uh, I'm learning the idea of that keeping clients for a lifetime is a big deal and that that it'll you know, you want to be I want to be 
I'd like to be better at staying in people's lives after the wedding because sometimes I feel like I've uh, like I made this great connection with people. But what can we do to sustain that? Because I do want to see these people uh, in their lives. I want to see like the progress that they're making in their lives and how to like help chart that with photography and tell their story as they as they grow older. So obviously, 17 hats is all about wearing multiple hats. And in addition to just managing your business, it's also powerful for managing some other aspects of your business, such as bookkeeping, which is one of the biggest draws that I had to the system. Because like I said before, having paper bookkeeping or going through and you know making an Excel sheet and manually entering in all these figures for my business was an awful process. So seeing bookkeeping be an aspect of 17 hats and knowing that when I'm accepting money on the platform, that that's automatically going to ingest into my bookkeeping and keep this way cleaner of a process, way less of a hands-on process. And when it comes tax time, having all the necessary information that I need well documented uh, was the biggest reason that I actually signed on to 17 Hats in the first place. So what's HoneyBook look like for bookkeeping? So it's basically handling all of my money exchange with clients. Uh, and if I'm doing taking cash or credit or check, I annotate that on their payment portal. And it's tracking all of my payments, every all the money coming in and all the money that's going to be coming in. So I can actually look ahead and see a forecast of what money is going to be coming in for what month based on payment due dates. And I can go in and see what I've made yearly, what money's come through, and then and then it can help you with the appropriate tax documents that I can then pass on to my uh, to my accountant. So it's become a pretty vital part of my bookkeeping because it's it's tracking all the money coming in and out, yeah. and you can go in and use it more kind of in conjunction with a uh, with a. Uh, into its uh, QuickBooks, so you have those that uh, it plays well with other more robust accounting procedures. But I, in my in my case, I'm setting things off to my accountant. Yeah, so I have mine set up so it's attached to my business checking account. So all of my expenses come in, and one of the cool things that I really like is once it notices that, say, um, I'm trying to think of an example here. Say I'm at USPS and I use my business card, you know, to to send out a product to a client. Um, once I've put that in, I, I think it does it after the first time, and I've tracked that as a shipping expense. All future expenses from that location are going to be tracked as shipping expenses. So that decreases the amount of work that I have to go in and and categorize all my purchases, so that when it comes tax time. All that is extremely clean. I know exactly what I've spent year over year, as well as active monitoring of those expenses, which is always helpful for making business decisions. So again, the bookkeeping was a really powerful tool and one of the main reasons that I signed on for it and just has really saved me a lot of the little hair that I have left in keeping organized and staying efficient year over year, as well as tracking the progress. And I think that presents a really complete picture into what I've gotten out of 17 Hats. Now there's a ton of features uh, that don't necessarily apply to me, but you might want to hop on there and see the complete picture just in case there's something that is going to work really well for your business. Is there anything else in HoneyBook that you think really works well for your business, Justin? I admittedly, and I said this before, um, some like with the workflow feature, something that I haven't fully dived into, but there's other stuff that I, I see value in. And I'm, I'm always like this year, this year, 2019 is like the year of Justin getting better at managing his business. So uh, I'm trying to take advantage of some of the features in here that are more nuanced and, and advanced and I think will help like round out the rough edges of my business. So there's a time tracker in here. I can actually track my time per client and I want to be better about time management. So I think that's something that I want to 
I want to make use of better. And then you can go in and uh, use task as well. So there's a task chart. And I, I do a, I do task basically with Wonderlist. We've talked about that in our productivity episode, but they have task built in here. You can, you can uh, add a task that you need to accomplish, have a due date for it, and have it tied into uh, its respective project or client client workflow that you're doing. So that's a feature I could see myself using as well on the back end of HoneyBook. Uh, other than that, I think that pretty much completes like my whole overview of what HoneyBook does for me and my business. And uh, I think I think these are going to be really powerful tools for people moving forward. If you don't have some kind of customer relationship management software going on, I think these are things are I would probably get into first if I was starting my business out that I would use to help streamline that workflow because the potential is there for better client experience, better management of your time, better management of your money and and processing customer orders, like especially with like a credit card handling with the and I forgot to mention earlier that there's a three percent credit card processing fee. But being able to take different forms of currency in this digital age is very important, especially because less and less are we handling physical forms of currency. And so when our clients want to make a payment with credit card, we have to be able to accommodate them. So that's pretty much the whole big picture for me with HoneyBook. And I think I don't have much less else to say about it. I'm still waiting for them to implement purchasing through Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. No, hopefully not. Anyways, yeah, that wraps up our views on CRMs. If you haven't gotten one, really check out the gamut of options out there. Uh, HoneyBook, 17 Hats are great places to start. And both available for for relatively inexpensive for the amount of time that you can actually gain back in your life. Like I said, all these little features, they add up to time. I think of it like having having a fast computer for for culling. It just gives you back a lot of your time that you're spent doing repetitive tasks and can overall make you a lot more profitable. And also, I was mulling over this uh this idea in my head that uh, we are respectively, I'm the out of shape rock of photography, the rock, and you are the Jason Statham of photography, respectively. How <laughs> so? I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind being called Jason Statham, and that's always been a a comment on my YouTube channel. I've seen it quite a few times, but it just randomly came to mind. I always attributed it to being bald, but you do seem to have a little bit more of a rock star personality, where I'm like this missing guy that's on his way to beat someone's ass. No, no, I'm like, I'm saying like, I'm the out of shape, the rock. Like I'm Dwayne, the rock out of shape, Johnson. Like, and you are definitely Jason Statham because I think you kick ass and take names and you need to shave. Always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, man. You've been listening to Justin Haugen and Robert Hall. Peace.